other people to say enough is enough I'm going to get a divorce will not cause you to get a divorce listen you, you may be struck down but you will not be destroyed what would cause people to give up and say I've tried this business several times I don't know what else to do I have given up this is not for me I'm not called to do this that same thing will not happen to you somebody say I'm full of joy Somebody say, I'm strong because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Let's look at how to depend on the strength of, of joy. Depending on the strength of joy. James chapter 1 verse 2 to 4. James chapter 1 verse 2 to 4. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. That it may be perfect and complete. Lacking nothing. I love this scripture. Let me read it. Say, My brethren, count it all joy. Count it what? Count it what? When you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Depending on the strength of joy. Number one, you will go through trials. It is established, whether you like it or not, you go through trials. The Bible says, when you fall into various trials, it didn't say if, if it's, a, it's conditional, it means it can happen, it will not happen. But when it's definite, it means that it's just a matter of time. When you fall into various trials, so for us, you are in this imperfect world, you will go through trials. Jesus himself said so. In, in the same John chapter 17, Jesus says, so for us we are in this world, a world that is full of evil and far from perfection, there will be trials. There will be difficult times. And it isn't just one trial. It says various trials. So it means that you can go through one thing and the next moment you are going through another thing and the next moment you are going through another thing. Paul said we are pressed on every side. It means one thing is hitting you from here, something is pressing you from here, something is pressing from all sides, from the top, the bottom, the side, east and west. We are pressed on all times. Sometimes you can see one person going through so many things and you ask, are you the only person in this world carrying all of these troubles? You will go through trials. A trial is a difficult time of test. And so the second thing is that your faith will be tested. A trial is a difficult time of test. Your faith will be tested. How do we know that? Because it tells us that knowing that the testing of your faith Knowing that the testing of your faith. So it means that anybody who has faith will have their faith tested. Do I have some people who have faith in the house? Where are the people of faith today? If you are here, let me see you by hand. The Bible says your faith will be tested. Now we say, oh, I'm a child of God and I believe in God. I believe in the power of God. I believe in His deliverance. I believe in His healing. I believe in miracles. I believe in the blessing of God. You believe in but the Bible says still your faith will be tested. 
How come I'm a child of God and, and I'm always praying and I'm always reading my Bible, I'm always doing good and, and, and my faith is being tested. As a matter of fact, it is for that reason that you are being tested. Because anyone who believes, the Bible says, there will be a testing of your faith. When you go through trials, know this. It is not because God hates you. It's not because God has abandoned you. It's because your faith is being tested. Abraham was tested. God himself chose him because he was a man of faith. Yet God still tested him. So when you go through trials, your faith is being tested. There are people who say, well, eh, eh, I wanted a job. God didn't give it to me, so I've stopped going to church. You have failed the test. Your faith will be tested. So when the test comes, what do you do? You have to depend on the strength the joy of the Lord provides. Depend on the strength the joy of the Lord provides. The Bible says, count it all joy. Count it all joy. When the test comes, don't depend on your strength. Your strength will fail you. Don't say, but, but I serve God. Why is this happening to me? I treat my husband well. I treat my wife well. Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to my marriage? I do all a wife is supposed to do. Why, 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 why is my marriage being tested like this? I've been faithful to God. I've kept my, myself pure. Why am I not finding marriage? Nobody is willing to marry me. I can't find a woman to marry. I can't find a man to marry. Although I've been pure. Look, look at all these people. Eh? Look at my friends. Am I not better than them? They, they've slept around with so many people, committed many abortions, yet they are married and they have children. When you do that, you are depending on your strength. But if you want to pass the test of faith, what do you do? Count it all joy. Depend on the strength that joy gives you. You don't say, I've done all of this and this has happened to me. If you do that, you realize that you start becoming weak and you start becoming bitter. But what you do is that you look within and say, I may not be married, I may be jobless, I may not have children, I may have no money, my health may be failing, my business will be going down, but I have the Lord. And if I have Him, I have everything. He said He will never leave me nor forsake me. So I know God is on my side and is watching over me. I know my Redeemer lives and in the end He shall stand. I know I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The Bible says that when you do that, you are depending on the strength of the Lord. I may not be married today, but I give God praise. I know that is the God of all possibilities. I know that is the God of times and seasons. I may not be where I want to be today, but I serve the God who is able to pick people from where they are and put them to where they thought they would never be. I serve a living God. I may have worked harder than anybody else. I deserve this promotion more than anybody. I deserve this, this contract more than anybody. But even if I don't get it, still I will hope in the Lord. Still I will trust in the Lord. Still I will believe in the Lord. And the Bible says when you do that, 
when you depend on the strength of joy, it produces in you patience. And when patience perfects its work, you become perfect and complete. Count it all joy. It says, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. It doesn't mean that you have received everything you wanted. No. Remember when I was saying, speaking earlier, I said that sometimes we want some things in the world, we receive them, and then after we receive them, we realize that it's not giving you the happiness you are looking for. So it's not really about receiving everything you wanted, but the joy of the Lord will give you such strength and happiness that it feels like you have everything you ever wanted. The joy of the Lord works in such a way that within you, although it looks like you don't have all that you wanted, within you, you have so much strength, so much confidence, so much happiness, that you really don't care what is happening around you, what you have not received. That is how the joy of the Lord appoints. And it's a good trait, it's a good character of the Holy Spirit that every believer must have. I have seen people People who had nothing. And when I talk about nothing, I mean nothing. Nothing. They were struggling with everything in life. But they were some of the happiest and strongest people. Including myself. There are people who you look at them and sometimes you even feel pity for them. But the people you feel pity for, they are even stronger than you. With all you have, they are stronger than you. They are more happy than you. Because there is something working on in them called the joy of the Lord. There are people who never give up. You look at people and, and they serve God for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and you've not seen any change in their life. And you are wondering, why are you still going to church? You know if it were you, five years, you serve God, you've not seen anything. Nobody has to tell you not to go to church. These people are still going to church, they are happy. They are still going out there preaching the word of God. Every prayer meeting, they are inside. There are people who never give up. There are people who who not say, I've gone through this and been through this, so I'm going to commit suicide. That is why when you are a child of God, and God is living, the Spirit of God is living you, suicide is never an option. Because no matter what you go through, there is strength to keep you. No matter what you go through, there is strength to keep you. As a child of God, you never give up. You never give up. You never give up. No matter what you go through. Life is hard. Life is difficult. You go through trials. You go through afflictions. The Bible says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous man, but the Lord delivered him from them all. No matter what you go through, God will always give you something in the inside of you. 
to overcome. Somebody say, I am an overcomer. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. What is outside there should not be able to destroy what is inside here. Nothing should be able to destroy this body, this life. Because what is inside is strong. Don't look at what you have or what you don't have. Don't look at what you have achieved and what you have not achieved. Look at the strength that you have within. Look at people and say, how can somebody lose their children in an accident and still stand and preach and praise God? It is the joy of the Lord. It is the joy of the Lord. It is the joy of the Lord. This morning, may the joy of the Lord give you strength. May the joy of the Lord give you strength. You will not be cast down. You will not be destroyed. You will not be overcome. No matter what you go through, you are an overcomer. That is why we always say, in Christ Jesus, I am more than a conqueror. Nothing can defeat you. You are a champion. You are victorious. The devil cannot kill you. Poverty cannot kill you. Nothing can destroy you when the joy of the Lord is in you. The Himaya looked at the people and told them, this is not the time to cry. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. This morning, I don't know what you are going through, what you have been through, but I've come to encourage you to tell you that do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You are stronger than what you have been through. You are stronger than what you are going through. And if you give the joy of the Lord a chance, you will not be defeated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, somebody, this morning. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Just celebrate the Lord. Let's quickly look at some examples of people who demonstrated the, the joy of the Lord. We'll learn from it and then we'll, I'll close with that and we'll, we'll, we'll do our communion. Second Corinthians chapter 8. Verse 1 to 6, we'll look at the, the example of the churches of Macedonia. The example of the churches of Macedonia. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 to 6. I read, it says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Verse 2, it says, That in a great trial of affliction, that is a what? Great trial of what? Affliction. The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness, this is Paul speaking, Paul said, I am a witness of the strength of these people. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministry to the saints. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord. Oh, may this be our testimony. May this be our testimony as a church. And then to us by the will of God. 
What do we learn from these churches? The churches in Macedonia. Number one, they had great trial of affliction. They had great trial of affliction. The Bible says, not only did they have trial, but their trial afflicted them, and it was great. It wasn't something that you can make light of. It was great. Is the church alright? Somebody say, oh, by the church of God, in the church, people are not supposed to suffer. People are not supposed to go through pain. If you believe in God, uh, we are not supposed to do that. Uh, if you are a church and you are going through this, then you don't have faith. That is, it is not true. If anybody tells you that you are a Christian and you are going through something so you don't have faith, it is not true. Don't believe them. That's the voice of the devil. It is, it is, it is challenging you to give up and think you don't have faith. Bible said they had great trial of affliction. It was a church. Churches. That wasn't the only thing that happened to them. Number two, it said they had deep poverty. This description is in your zone. It is one thing to be poor. And another thing to be called deeply poor. It means that among all the poor people. <laughs> there is poverty and there is poverty. <laughs> if you have not seen some before, you will not do Remember those times when we had no money? I'll see other people and wonder, hey, so how do this poor manage in life? It's not as if I'm rich. There's poverty and there's poverty. I, I heard Pastor Ashimolo preach. He said, uh, <laughs> in their community, they were all poor people. But as for them, their family, their poverty, you can't even call it poverty. It was poor. The suffering, there are levels in it. There are levels. The Bible says they were afflicted with deep poverty. Only be. You see them coming to church, wearing tattered clothes. People are not using deodorant. They are not smelling nice. They are shoes, shoe parfum. Some of the shoes, their mouth has open like this. Some of them, the same clothes they wear to church, the same clothes. No change. Some of them will come to church on empty stomach. Deep poverty. But what did they do? The Bible says they had abundance of joy. What a good testimony. They had abundance of joy. 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 So you ask yourself, look at this person. Say you are serving God. All the time, same clothes. Nothing changes about you. But you are always going to church. You are always the first in church. You are the one opening the door, cleaning the church. Why is it so? They have what? Abundance of joy. They had abundance of joy. Please move with me. And what did they do with the abundance of joy? The Bible says they gave ab abundantly, although they were poor. The Bible says because of the abundance of joy, they abounded in the riches of their liberality. 
They abounded in the riches of their liberality. They gave abundantly, although they were poor. It even says that according to their ability, yes, and Paul said, I bear witness, I saw it myself. They gave according to their ability, and even beyond their ability, they were freely willing. They abound in their giving. According to the riches of their liberality. It reminds me of the story that Jesus told about the widow with the two mites. She had nothing, but she gave everything she has. Some of us will come to church and will not even give offering. Somebody will say, I won't go to church this week because it's been a tough week. I don't have money. Or the small money that I have left, I'll use it for next week. So I won't go to church and use it for offering. The Bible says these people had nothing. But because of the joy in their hearts, they were freely giving to God. They were always available to serve God. You say, oh, I, I didn't make much this week. I didn't make much this month, so I won't give my first food. The Bible says they abounded in the riches of their liberality. Look at the description. A poor man being called, being described as somebody abounding in riches. Poor and riches cannot be in the same sentence. Now, if the Bible says such a person is rich, it means that they gave and really gave well. That is why Jesus will praise the widow with the two men because traditionally widows are supposed to rather receive. They are supposed to be taken care of. But this is somebody who had little, yet she gave all. It's like somebody saying, I have one million dollars. How many rich people go to church and give all their wealth? They'll give big, but the big is not their all. So Jesus said, this woman has given more than all the people who came. Although they gave big. Because they didn't give their all. That is what these people did. They didn't have, they were afflicted. But because of the joy in, 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 in loving God, and knowing God, and serving God, they were still giving. They were still giving. I won't give to God only when I have excess. I will give to God even when I don't have. I will sacrifice even when I, I will be rich towards God, even when I am poor. If I am poor, the church of God must not be poor. The church of God must be rich. They abounded in the riches of their giving. Please, all have you gone ahead of me? They gave themselves to the Lord although they were greatly afflicted. The Bible says, Paul said, and, and, and they did more than even we hoped for. They gave themselves, but they first gave themselves to the Lord. So before they, they will even come and give an offering, they have even given them first, themselves to the Lord first. Anybody who is hard for them to give to God has not surrendered to God totally. And Paul said they were doing all of these things although they were afflicted. I would say, eh. I've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for marriage. And I'm not breaking through. Why am I afflicted like this? I won't go to church. 
I get a job, I lose it. I get a job, I lose it. I, I won't serve God again. Why have I been thrown out of my house and been disgraced like this? I won't go to church. God is not faithful. Although these people were greatly afflicted in trial, they still gave themselves to God. Say, Lord, no matter what I go through, I belong to you. Lord, no matter what I go through, I live for you. No matter who I am, in the good times and the bad times, Lord, my life belongs to you. I won't go to church when I feel like going to church. I won't wake up and worship God when I feel like it. I will do it because I belong to God. Every morning, every noon, I will pray, I will study my Bible, I will worship God. I will tell people about God because I belong to Him. I don't serve God based on my circumstances. Because I've suffered. I've withdrawn myself from God. I won't do it again. They gave themselves to the Lord although they were afflicted. Then the last one, they gave themselves to serve in the ministry of the work although they were afflicted. Paul said they gave themselves first to the Lord, then to us by the will of God. What it means is that they, they made themselves available to assist with the work of the ministry. Anything you wanted them to do, they were available. All those things were not working well for them. There are people in church who go through a lot, yet they are still the first in church. Anytime you call, come and claim they are here. Anytime you call, come, we are going to. Uh, uh, do visitation they are available anytime you call come we are fasting we are praying for the church for this week they are available yet if you look at them they are the ones suffering the most but they are always available for the work of God what excuse do you, know, do you give for not serving the house of God what excuse do you give Bible says they were still willing even beyond their ability Beyond what they can do, they were still willing to do more. Some of us, what we can do, we are not doing it. What is your excuse? Because some boy broke your heart? Because you fell sick? Is that all? Is that what will separate you from the house of God? Because somebody offended you in church? Is that all? Is that all? Are you that weak? Are you that empty? You need to be full of joy. You need to be strong. Little things must not separate you from God. And from what came from Him. For Him. Finally, let's look at the example of Jesus Himself. And close with that. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and I sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, 
who for the joy, someone say the joy, the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Number one, joy gave Jesus the strength to run the race of life. Bible says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, endured the cross. He endured it. The whole purpose of the life of Jesus was the cross. He lived for the cross. There's a popular song, a worship song we sing. The lyrics says, Crucify, lay behind a stone. You live to die. Jesus lived to die. Rejected and alone. He was rejected, he was alone. Like a rose trampled on the ground. You took the fall and thought of me above all. Above all, his, his, his throne, his kingdom, his power, he lived to die for you and I. He was rejected, he was alone. The Bible says Jesus suffered. It says he learned obedience by the things he suffered. He suffered. He was despised. He was wrongly accused. He was smitten. He was whipped. He was spat upon. He was rejected by his own people. He went to his own, own hometown. They rejected him. He suffered. And he did all of this looking to the cross. When the time came, he said, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And the reason he was able to do that was, we are told, because he looked at the joy that was set before him. Joy gave him the strength to go to the cross. If God has called you for a purpose, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how challenging it is, let joy give you strength to fulfill that purpose. Run that race of life. Don't give up. Don't give in. Whatever race has been set before you, let joy give you the strength to run it. May you finish your race. And number two, joy gave him the strength to endure in the face of all the challenges he faced in life. How do we know that? The Bible says he despised the shame, despising the shame. He faced many challenges in life, but he despised them. Can you imagine the Son of God hanging on a tree naked? He didn't think about the shame. He thought about the joy. The joy that gave him the strength. And then finally, joy rewarded the life of Jesus. The Bible says, and he has now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He has now sat down. Joy will always reward you. When you don't give up, you'll be rewarded. When you don't give up, you'll be exalted. When you don't give up, you'll be promoted. Joy will always ensure that you are promoted. When you don't give up, you'll be promoted. You will not go down, you only rise. You will not be beneath, you will only be above. You will not be the tail, you will only be the head. Joy will reward you. I said joy will reward you. In this life and in the life to come, joy will reward you. The Bible says when he comes, we shall be caught up with him and we shall experience the joy 
of his word, joy will reward you. Today, from today, may you be full of the joy of the Lord. May you have the strength of the joy of the Lord. May you overcome by the joy of the Lord. May you be rewarded by the joy of the Lord. May you be exalted by the joy of the Lord. May the joy of the Lord be your portion. Your joy may be half full, but may the joy of the Lord make you full. May you experience the fullness of the joy of the Lord. And at the right hand of God, may you encounter his pleasures forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.